The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, we discuss two horrific injury updates, the interesting reason why the trade deadline might be more boring than you think it will be or hope it will be, What's happening with Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics? And it's not good. And we answer some more listener DM. God damn, did we get some bad, bad news over the weekend. We have to have pissed off the basketball gods, Marty. It's multiple marquee stars, the faces of the league, just falling like dominoes. Saturday night, LaMelo Ball, absolute electric rookie, broke his fall on a drive to the basket against the Clippers, didn't look like much, and in fact, he was probable going into Sunday's game. But no, fractured right wrist. He came out of the half. This is crazy. He came out of the half. He was favoring his right hand, then still played the third quarter, still played part of the fourth quarter. So now LaMelo came back with an x-ray, fractured right wrist, believed to be out for this season. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. The Hornets have been one of my favorite league pass teams. I've been a huge Lamelo supporter. They're so awesome uh, to watch. So this is horrible to see. It really hurts their playoff chances. Uh, and, yeah, it was weird. It really didn't look like much at, at the start. But, uh, you know, when your wrist bends that way, you can't really play basketball with it. It's just it's too bad. Floppy wrist. Terrible. Yeah. A blow. I mean, this is a blow to the Hornets, but also the blow to the rest of the league. He has been the rookie of the year for sure I don't know where that how that changes his rookie of the year hopes yeah you're only I've still got I've still got that ticket so I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping it still counts I think he's played enough games I hope and that came right after that injury came right after LeBron basically co-signed for LaMelo he said LaMelo is damn good to be at his age his speed, his quickness, his ability to make shots at all facets of the game in the paint, floaters, threes. He has the three tiers already, and he's only going to get better. Every game is a learning experience for him. He's going to get better as the season goes and his career goes on. I love it when players or coaches evaluate other players based on skills and not on stats. Like, I love that LeBron did that. So then moving on, irony to all ironies, LeBron himself now injured as well. After an entire, almost an entire career, right, Marty? Seventeen years he's been healthy. Yeah, I mean the only one I remember that is like twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the groin injury in twenty eighteen. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was like bullshit. That was basically like we're not going to the playoffs. Nothing <laughs> matters. Yeah. Let's just put LeBron James on ice. He went down also on Saturday with what looked like a gruesome ankle injury. Rut row, as I would say. Could not be a worse scenario for the NBA. LaMelo and LeBron going down in the same day is like a Black Friday. 
LeBron wincing in a way that no one has seen before. I've never seen LeBron yell like that, look like that, scream like that. Kyle Kuzma said that he had never seen him scream like that. X-rays came back negative, but he now has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and is out indefinitely. So this guy Solomon Hill looked like a cheap shot. Looked like he dove after his ankle. I don't know. It's hard to say. Do you think it was dirty or no? I don't. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I No, I think that's kind of reaching a little bit. I, his teammates were irate. Montrez Harrell said, I don't really feel like it was one of those loose ball plays. He had to go to, through his leg to get the ball, man. He was turned sideways. The ball was behind him. I mean, you're jumping at an angle, going across his way. I don't know how you feel that's a loose ball. And watching it back, it does not look great. Solomon Hill tweeted, I would never disrespect the game and take a player out purposely. And LeBron knows that. That's all that matters to me, praying for a speedy recovery. Yeah, I think no one in their right mind, if they're going to go after a player to injure them, would try to injure LeBron James. Like, I right. just don't <laughs> think that's a, that's a thing. I don't think that's a thing. What that sort of highlights to me is all of a sudden I felt like, man, Father Time is happening. Father Time is undefeated, as is the universe. LeBron James is 36, right? And all I'm thinking is, I hope we don't get LeBron James's time stolen from us. I hope that this isn't one of those things where it's serious, serious. You saw LeBron James throw a chair, which is not something that you normally see. Went to the locker room. And you're like, man, you only get so much time with the greats. Every game we get to watch LeBron James is special. Because it's something that's not going to come around again once it's over. It's like a fucking, you know, comet in the sky or something, right? You get, you get it like <laughs> once every 3,420 years or something like that. And once it's gone, it's gone. Like if you're not there for the solo moon or whatever it's called, you know, <laughs> like you're just never going to see it again. And that's kind of where my head goes. LeBron has been playing 17 years. How many more games are we going to get? Every game he's sitting on the bench is a game I could have been watching. Because this season is this season, regardless of, it's not like uh, miles on a car, right? Like, it's not like, oh, because he didn't play these 16 games, we get 16 more (laughs) in 2027. No, that's just not how it's going to go. I want LeBron to play till he's 45, and it would kill me if a high ankle sprain limits his career. This guy, Ryan Whitney, NHL player, host of the Spittin' Chicklets podcast, has gone on record at length about how a high ankle sprain ended his career early. It's not something to fuck around with. So the optimism, because, yes, I know I lead with cynicism. That's just who I am. The optimism is it's LeBron James. I mean, he's been healthy for 17 years for a reason, and I don't think it's all genetics. I think he takes obsessive care of his body. He pays so much time and attention to what works for him, how to keep himself healthy on the court and off the court, his nutrition, his soft tissue work, all of that stuff. I don't think that there's anyone who knows themselves and their body as well as LeBron unless we put Tom Brady in that mix. (laughs) But uh, in terms of the West, holy shit, is it now wide open? We don't know how long LeBron James is going to be out for. AD's out. This team is in disarray, just got blown out to the Hawks without him. Yo, you could lose the next 15. And where does that put you? You know where that puts you as a serious threat 
uh, like, could you just imagine your son's Marty? Second seed. You've been doing all this work <laughs> all, all season long. The stats. We're going to talk about this on Friday show. We've been putting it off for weeks now. The Suns are a fucking wagon. They're going to probably get the second seed in the West now, and now you might face the Lakers as a seven seed. How about that? How about them apples? I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a thought of mine. Actually, uh, one of my first thoughts, I mean, admittedly, was like, oh, this actually puts us in good position to actually make a run, which we already were. But, you know, having the Lakers out of the picture certainly helps that. But then I thought, oh, wait, like, they're going to slip and we're going to get them earlier than we thought, aren't we? Yeah, because you really want them. You really want them as a one seed. That would be a very Phoenix Suns thing to happen. Oh, man. How about them apples? Fuck that. This league, I think we have expected, based around probably the news, that things are going to be explosive around the deadline. A lot of fireworks. Multi-team trades, marquee players going to new locations. Things are happening, bubbling up. And then all of a sudden, it just seems sort of weak now. It doesn't seem like maybe anything is going to happen. Maybe no one gets traded. We've been hearing so many rumors. Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, John Collins, Vucevic, Lonzo Ball. I just don't see it now. One GM said, expect a snooze fest at the deadline. <laughs> it was like a synonym to snooze fest. It might have been snooze fest, but it was, it was something like that. The question, though, is why? And I was doing some digging, and I think I have an answer. I think it is because of how this play-in tournament has altered the NBA, right? Hear me out. I would call that March Madness for the NBA, Marty. (laughs) The East has been just an absolute dumpster fire, as we know. Fourth place in the East is only four games over 500 which would put you right around the 10th spot in the West. Yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, the East, like 4 through 10, it's just those records are just absolutely gross. Uh, and, like, teams, like, aren't even, like, really out of the 10, honestly. Like, Cleveland still has a chance to maybe get in. It's weird. It is weird. Two games away, I would say. Because of the pandemic, that 10 spot, as you said, Marty, actually means something. Normally, it would mean fucking nothing. Be zero. Yeah. It would mean your job is in trouble as a coach. You as a player have underperformed, and you're looking for some ping pong balls to come your way. But now with this new play-in tournament, there are only five teams without hope in each conference. Five. 20 out of 30 teams have hope. Hope is one hell of a drug, I tell you what. (laughs) Makes you do all kinds of crazy things. And the fact that the East is trashed this year, all of a sudden, only two teams really, Detroit and Orlando, are out of it? Wow. Everyone in the East else besides them has hope? Mm -hmm. That's how you get an Atlanta Hawks team that was left for dead, going 8-2 and in their last 10, holding on to the four seed, like, "Mm, I don't think we want to trade anyone. (laughs) And guess what? There's only five games between 10th and 5th in the East. Who is going to go on that next 8-2 and two run? Who is going to go on that next 2-8 and eight slump? Washington? Toronto? Who knows? Both teams of those have had five-game winning streaks or more this year. 
So everyone, everyone seems to have either rational or irrational hope. I don't know really which one it is. <laughs> but if they go on a run, they can even avoid the play-in tournament like the Hawks now. The Hawks are just <laughs> firmly in it. They're just a playoff team now. Yeah, you look up and they're fourth in the East. It's hilarious. You kind of think of them as like not really a bad team, but you don't really think of them much. And then all of a sudden they're the four seed. It's totally. Yeah. So the question is, if you're a team like the Hawks, why would you be a seller when you have hope and you're firmly in the four seed and things are working? You've won eight straight. Shout out to Nate McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you have hope, and you're a coach on one of these not-so-good teams, and you can sneak into that 10 spot, and you only need to win one game to make it to the playoffs, have that on your resume and say to the owner, listen, our team is fucking gritty. We have perseverance. All these buzzwords, all these little buzzwords that we put on your calendar that we've talked about before with the man and the rock, like you just start spitting those out to your owner. And you might save your job. Okay. Of course you're not going to beat the Sixers in the seven-game series. The owner doesn't expect that. But you have playoff team in your Wikipedia profile now. (laughs) That's all that matters. Maybe Joel Embiid has back spasms. Knock on something. And you get one or two games from the Sixers. Now that's really something to make some noise about. You say, We're just one piece or two away. We can really contend. You can just lie. You can just literally make up a scenario that does not exist and stay alive, which is, it's a dirty game, but that's what the NBA is. Everyone just sort of trying to, like, scheme and alter the the landscape of the truth to stay employed because they make millions and millions of dollars, right? That's the business. Coaches can influence ownership to not get rid of players because they're like, yo, we're close. Let's keep going the way that we're going. We've won eight in a row. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, why not? Now you've got games in June instead of thinking about the lottery, you know? (laughs) And let me tell you, I love it. I love hope. I love seeing teams actually try to compete instead of deciding to hang it up in April. I I don't like purposeful mediocrity or purposeful trash play, right? And the minnows of the league, it's very, very good for. But as it relates to the trade market, because that's what this segment is about, it's very bad for teams that are used to feasting off the poor, unfortunate, perennial losers, (laughs) the poor, unfortunate souls, as Ursula would say, right? Just like suckling off of their desperation to make a move to try to rebuild for the future, twisting their arms like, you know what? This is what you need to do or you're going to lose your job. At least you're going to try to do something, get a lottery ping pong ball and get some assets from us and some picks for the future, and we're going to take your best player. That's what's going to happen. They're like, yo, this is Danny Ainge. Yo, I'll give you Jeff Teague, a first-rounder in 2025, a second-round pick in exchange for – Vucevic. <laughs> <laughs> and Orlando's like, God damn. And Danny Ainge is like, you know why? Because you're desperate. You have to do something. You're rebuilding. This player does not want to be with you. And now a team like Orlando, even though Orlando's out of it, they're like, oh, you want Vooch? Okay. 
give us three first-rounders and Marcus Smart. (laughs) Because you, Boston, are desperate. You are the one. The tables are turned. You're sitting there maybe going to get bounced, maybe not even going to make the playoffs. Isn't that a bitch? That's typically how good teams stay good and the bad teams stay bad. You've got predators like Danny Ainge basically exploiting teams like Orlando and Atlanta. And that's how they get John Collins, right? But not anymore. Ain't no fun when the Rabbits got the gun. And that's what they got. Looking at you, Danny Ainge. Teams who want to get over the hump, like Boston, are now in purgatory. Like, you have no one you can possibly get unless you give up a boatload. That is a very uncomfortable spot to be. Now, instead of Travis Schlenk being on the chopping block, maybe Danny Ainge is on the chopping block. (laughs) Yeah, why haven't you made a move, Danny? Why haven't you done anything? (laughs) You've got $28.5 million sitting in TPE, and you've just done nothing. Maybe building a reputation off of your thievery, which every other GM in the league knows you are a thief, has come to an end. And the Kings, who were thinking about trading Harrison Barnes, because that was where the news was, right? Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes to Boston. Now they're a half game out of the 10 spot, and they can score 150 points on any given night. I saw someone on Twitter say, if I was Harrison Barnes, I'd be like, nah, I'm good in Sacramento. (laughs) Unless you're giving us someone really good, we're not giving you Harrison Barnes. We're just going to keep things the way that we are because why? We're at least competitive. Why would we trade guys who keep us competitive in this environment where the 10 seed is all we really need to strive for, right? Yeah. That's why older players who were once all-stars are now getting looks by these teams in purgatory because, fuck, they have no other options. You know, you got Drummond, Aldridge, Boogie. Who knows, right? Because John Collins is not going anywhere. Vooch is not going anywhere. So you got to take your buyout scraps to make do. Yikes. What does that mean? Even though everyone has hope, this is the rub. Everyone has hope, but only a couple of teams can really contend. Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Miami. And that's it. That's it. Boston, you are now out of it. Probably. And, and Milwaukee, I would say, can contend as well. But I'm still very skeptical. You know what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, come playoffs, they're going to look like a completely different team. We all know it. Totally. So Celtics fans, this is why you know that Danny Ainge has thrown in the towel. They are a piece away. As you have said multiple times, Marty, this is a roster that's constructed in a very strange way. And we've got the next segment is actually more about this. But everyone they won is now locked up. So it's another year wasted for Tatum and Brown in their prime. But I am personally tired of teams not letting their players develop. Now, if the 10 seed is all you need to strive for in order to feel successful, and you as a coach and your job is not on the line, you can actually let the food cook in the oven and see what you have. Did you see that the Orlando Magic are looking to trade back for Victor Oladipo? No, wait, I haven't heard that one. Yes, (laughs) Maybe if you would have had Victor Oladipo sit in the oven a little longer, you wouldn't have to trade Aaron Gordon for him. Just saying, you could have had them both and not did anything at all. Typically, the NBA and these teams, they purge assets before they even know what they are. And then all of a sudden, it's like, fuck, Will Barton's pretty good. Why do we get rid of him? 
because they want to find the player that's good right now for a player that has the possibility of being good. They're cynical just like me, Marty. They're snake-bitten just like me. This tournament changes everything, and I want to keep it this way forever. I think it makes the league more exciting. It keeps teams from being predators. I think we should make an event out of it. I think we should make a tournament out of it. One arena, one weekend, and I'll call it May Madness. Are you unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be. Thousands of people have used Candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligner to help straighten their teeth, and now they love their smile. Just like Sharon H. of Pittsburgh, PA, says, I wore braces as a teenager, and flash forward 30 years, I had crowding on the bottom, and one of my teeth actually stuck out. Sounds like she wasn't wearing her retainer. That's when I made the decision to move forward with Candid, and I finally got my confidence back. And Candid is here to help you straighten your teeth so that you can fall in love with your smile, too. This is actually dope. The treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement versus some scrub-ass dentist who has no idea how your smile should actually look. You'll have the same quality of care you'd get by an in-house orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your home. I fucking hate going to the dentist. I hate coming in. And now you can get your grill straightened up without having to leave your house. And while other companies, like I said, use general dentists, Candid only works with orthodontists. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is going to be with you from start to finish. That is dope. So you never have to wonder, hey, who's actually looking at this thing? (laughs) The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. Become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid Started Kit. Go to candidco.com slash league and use the code league. That's candidco.com slash league, code league. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash league, code league. Big news over the weekend was that Brad Stevens, this is crazy. Brad Stevens was going to secretly leave the Celtics <laughs> midseason and take a job at Indiana University in his home state of Indiana. Yeah, this is like a Trill Ballin's wet dream. I think he started this rumor <laughs> back in like 2015 when they were still like insanely good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. I don't think he's ever really expressed interest himself in the Indiana job, but it's always kind of been a thing. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So insane, but fun for me. When I was reading this over the weekend, I was like, please let it be true. Please let it be true. You had multiple journalists and pundits being like conspiracy theory scenarios. They're like tracking where his kids are. Like, oh, Brad Stevenson's son has gone 472 consecutive classes going to class. And today is the day that his son has missed class. So, so... It's like college football when they track planes. Totally. That's what they did. They were like, Brad Stevens and Gino Oriyama and blah, blah, blah were on a private plane heading into Bloomington. (laughs) The whole ball of wax was happening. It was crazy. Kind of psychotic to a degree, really. Trying to figure out whether he wants to go home and whether his wife has, like, secretly been saying that she wants to be with her family and tracking like some random gym that he was in Indiana and some eighth grade kid who's going to be the next Zion. 
I mean, these are real stories, folks. These are real things that surfaced. And they're like, yo, does he want to be a head coach in the NBA or does he want to be a god? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> the Boston media even asked him about it. Here's the thing about Brad Stevens. He's not very direct. So maybe he should have been a little bit more direct when the Boston media asked him about this for the first time. Here's what he had to say. You know, obviously, I have a great affinity for that state um, and basketball in that state. And that, that place... Um, was a huge part of what drove my passion for basketball. In fact, it was the central thing. And so um, I don't know. I mean, let's just pause. To me, if I was someone stoking the fire of conspiracy, I'd be like, that's just read the tea leaves. This place was integral to my career in basketball. It's a place that I love. It's been a highly coveted job. That's not exactly no, Brad Stevens. That's not exactly, no. That did nothing to assuage my level of excitement about you burning the Boston Celtics organization down on your way out. Nothing. That did zero for that. And everybody knew that. Everybody was like, oh, Brad Stevens is saying nothing but good things about Indiana. Three-minute soliloquy about how it's part of his heart and soul, how his wife is from Indiana how he loves Indiana, how Indiana is the heart and soul of basketball. What do you think it would do to someone who wants him to leave? How bad does it need to be for Brad Stevens to abandon his team in the middle of the season? That's what everybody was thinking. Who does that? You know the truth is, Marty? No one does that. No one. Right. (laughs) No one. The truth is no one does that, but the fact that people thought there was a possibility he would do that means that things are going really, really bad in Boston. Yes, it happened. That rumor came out when things were going really well, too, multiple years ago, but not like this. (laughs) Not like this. The end of the story was that Brad Stevens apparently held a closed-door meeting with the team to deny these rumors and firmly say, yo, this is bullshit. I'm not going to Indiana. I'm not going anywhere. Can you read this, the tweet? All right. Yeah, uh, I've got it here. The quote was, uh, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a 44-year-old masshole. I swerve around others when I'm driving. I eat Dunkin' Donuts and I root for the Patriots. I'm a man. I'm 40. (laughs) That's immediately what I thought of when that quote came out. I'm a man. I'm a 44-year-old masshole. Come after me. Let's face it. Brad Stevens, meek and mild Brad Stevens, where you have to turn the decibels all the way up when he's giving a press conference, because you can barely hear him calling himself a masshole. Maybe the greatest thing ever. Maybe. I mean, there's just no way. Boston does not accept him. Let's just say that. I asked some Boston people this weekend, like, yo, do you think Brad Stevens is really a masshole? And they're like, no, never. No way. No way. Him yelling at halftime, greatest thing ever. He's really trying to make himself into this, like, hard rock. That's what's happening. Things are so bad that they've made Brad Stevens change his entire personality to see if that would work. He's losing his mind at halftime and being like, I'm a masshole. I'm a man. Another funny thing about this story was Woj. Did you see this Woj tweet? Woj had to step in. You know, Woj is funny because, like, all of his Twitter is usually just news, right? There's no opinions. There's nothing but just, like, this trade for this player and this pick. 
and then you'll get like a little bit like this gives Boston the opportunity right. to contend through 2027, something like yeah, that. Yeah, this means this, this means that. Yeah, yeah, that's usually the extent of it, yeah. Right. So he had to step in and editorialize how dumb the rest of the media is. Thanks, Dad. We know. We know. Can you let us have a little fun here? He was like, it's incredible Brad Stevens has to even spell this out for people. No one is leaving a head coaching job in the NBA for college anymore. Not the Celtics, not the Kings, not anyone, anywhere. Nobody is returning to college unless they're no longer welcome to stay in the pros. Whoa. Okay, again, can we have just a little bit of fun, Adrian Wojnarowski? Like, we're not idiots just because we want to fantasize about a possible scenario that could be the funniest thing in NBA history for a player, <laughs> for, for a coach, to bolt midway through the season in one of the most historic franchises with banners on banners and banners. That's how bad it is. Like, we want that. We NBA drama, NBA fans, even with blue check marks, want that. That's, that's what moves the needle. That just explains how much we love the tea. That's what it is. Someone DM'd a journalist. They're a parent of a child that is in the same school as Brad Stevens' child and was monitoring whether that child was in school. That's where we are at as NBA fans. What are we doing? We are lunatics. So as, as crazy as this drives Brad Stevens, it probably pales in comparison to losing by 10 to the Sacramento Kings on Friday night. They've now lost three in a row. And they're just not good. They're just not good. They lost three in a row before winning on Sunday. It's just not good. Everyone said, wait until Marcus Smart gets back. Wait. Just wait. He's our heart and soul, right? And, and they've, they've just not won very many games with his arrival. There's 42 games into a 72-game season, and you're still 500. If you write their names on a chalkboard, right? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker. You've got three former or current All-Stars and one of the best defenders in the league, a young athletic center in Robert Williams. Shreveport. Shreveport, Time Lord. All of those players are players that anyone, any roster would love to have. And it just is not working. You have to ask yourself, why isn't this working? What do you think, Marty? I think the main thing is Kemba's uh, regression. Uh, we thought that um, he was going to be kind of the driver of this team, but now that it's mainly just the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum show, it's kind of like a Lakers construction now where it's just, okay, let's get these two guys and surround them with glue guys. And it's just, they're just not quite good enough to, for that sort of construction to work, you know? I 100% agree. And I, I know the injuries, of course, have played a role, and you're going to hear a lot about, oh, the Big Five have only played. Yeah. 25 minutes together. I just don't care. Other teams have had injuries. Blazers have had a lot of injuries, and they've continued to flourish. They've continued to figure it out, find the ways to make the chemistry in the roster work. The Hawks, the Hawks have a better record than the Celtics right now, mm-hmm. and they had at one point lost 11 out of 13 games in a stretch. And they fired their coach midseason, and this team is better than the Celtics. <laughs> I would say that's fucking bad. That's really bad. Now current and former players are speaking out in ways that are alarming for any Celtics fan. Marcus Smart, the guy that everybody said would be okay when he came back, they're 2-3 and three with him, and he's averaging 12 
one and one since his return, not good, had this to say. Read the quote. Okay, it's, uh, you know, a lot of things have happened in our lives, personally, individually, where it's hard to come in here and give that energy to somebody else when in your own individual personal life, energy has been drained or you don't really have it. We got to find a way to pick each other when that energy is down from that standpoint because it shows. Personal distractions, low energy. He is not having it. Something is going on. Remember when Kyrie Irving and Terry Rozier were beefing over where their roles were going to be a couple of years ago? And there was like everyone was saying weird things like this. And you're like, something's happening in the, in the locker room. Like things aren't gelling. I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. That's what this feels like too. When you've got Marcus Smart, who hasn't really even been playing on the team, who's just been observing around the team being like, yo, when you've got personal distractions – getting in the way of your team's success, you need to swallow your pride. He, I think he said something about pride. And figure that out. Figure that out. Kemba Walker said this. We have stretches when we play well. It's just not consistent. At the end of the day, we've got to come together if we want to win and be successful. It's only one possible way that that can happen. That's for us to do it together. Some people got to sacrifice certain things. We've got to put our pride to the side and figure it out. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. To me, that means Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker are saying, hey, Jalen and Jason, that's y'all. That's y'all. Because I kind of think that that's what it is. Paul Pierce then chimed in, who was sort of the Marcus Smart of the earlier Celtics era, and he said, you know what this team reminds me of? It reminds me of my younger days with me and Antoine. Yikes. You have two all-stars capable of going off on any night, and you hope that you'd get the help from the other guys, but we hit our peak with the conference finals, and that's what I see from this team. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is damning. That is damning because, as every Celtics fan knows, they had to blow that team up. Then what happened when they did, Marty? Yeah, I mean, they won a championship a few years later. That's fucking right. And then Pierce said, you know, I wish we could have built on that squad with me and Antoine, and that's what the Celtics have to learn from. You have guys that don't come around that often. When you look around the league, how many teams have two All-Stars? I mean, a lot now. They have to do a good job moving forward and surrounding these guys with better pieces or adding pieces that can bring consistency. Is that subtle shade or overt shade at Danny Ainge, in your opinion? I mean, it seems a little like it. There is... uh... There is way more drama around this team than I actually really realized. It is just the more, it's like an iceberg. The more you dig in, the more it's like, something's fucked up here. Their loss to the Kings, Marcus Smart reported that they had a team meeting and said, we are a young team and we are learning. The thing and the biggest thing about growth is understanding and accepting the faults that you are wrong for. Yourself, individually, and as a team. It's bad. It's really bad. I hate to say it, but the more I read it, the more I'm like, man, something big has got to change. Earlier we discussed how the play-in game changed everything in the league. Trader Danny is just out to sea because if you look at the standings, he's basically hamstrung and not able to do really anything. And then you've got the Nets, the Sixers, and the Heat, maybe the Bucks, who can do some things. And this team is just in no man's land. They are dead last in the league in fourth quarter margin. So what's going to change that? Even if they make the playoffs, are we going to see history repeat itself? Are they going to have to split up Brown and Tatum like Pearson Walker did 15 years ago? Is that what's best for the franchise? 
Here's what I think happens. I think ownership gets a little tired of Danny Ainge. They say, hmm, let's start fresh. Let's find someone who can make some moves that doesn't have a reputation for being toxic and a thief. And we can actually make trades to help this team during the season. What that means for this year's Celtics remains to be seen, of course. But from Sunday to Sunday, they have five games in seven days. The rubber now is hitting the road. It is sink or swim time. There's a few days, just a few, left before the trade deadline. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Is Danny Ainge going to pull a rabbit out of his hat? Or is he going to do what he's been saying he's going to do, which is do something, do a lot, and then he does nothing? I don't know. For once, though, Marty, it's exciting because Danny Ainge's job just might be on the line. Oh, this league! This is March. The greatest time of the year has begun. Keep the positive vibes going with every hoodie and tee you'll need this month while watching all of the games. Go to store.barstoolsports.com to shop all of the various sayings to help you stay calm, think sharp, and don't panic. Let's get into some questions. All right, we got a fun one right off the bat. Uh, we've got, uh, if you could pick two expansion cities, who would it be? Such a great question. I love the fact that people on Instagram come up with insightful, curious DMs where I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about this ever before. Outside of Seattle, which is the obvious one, right? I'm not going to pick mm-hmm. anything obvious. I think there are two great cities for a basketball team, and they're great cities to travel to as a tourist as well, which I think is very important. Vegas on the West Coast is exciting to me. You now have an NHL team there, and you have an NFL team there. Oh, boy, an NBA team there would be sick. You would be able to use the arena for Summer League, which would be great because Thomas and Mack, where they play now, is a dumpster fight. It's terrible. It's tiny. You can't get any fans in there. This would be like a thing. You could probably sell tickets. The amount of fanfare would be fantastic. And you know what? Who cares that teams that go and play them in Vegas are probably going to be trashed on the road because they're going to be partying at, you know, 11 or Tau or whatever. A lot of players can get into trouble in Vegas. Think about it. Woo-wee! That team would be exciting. What would you call a team in Vegas, Marty? I was thinking about this. I kind of, I mean, people throw out the aces, but that's the WNBA team, Correct. which I like. I kind of like the luck, the Las the Vegas luck, luck. The Las Vegas luck, I like that. What about the Jokers? Would that be too close to Jokic? The Las be Vegas kind of Jokers. cartoony. I don't Car- know if you yeah. want to be the Jokers. You don't think the Pelicans is cartoony? Oh, no, I hate the Pelicans. I've been very... <laughs> Vocal about that. Do you, you want to go see the Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center? Yeah, like what the fuck kind of cartoon Mickey Mouse team is this? Yikes. And I'm a Louisiana boy, and I think it's stupid. It's like a minor league team, though. It is. It's like the Rattlers, you know? <laughs> the only problem that the NBA has to be worried about is that post-Vegas hangover. That's really it. When the Golden Knights went and first started, teams went 1-8-2 and two in their next games following their visit to T-Mobile. 1-8-2. and two. Wow, that became there became a term for it called the Vegas Hangover. Now imagine James Harden and Kelly Oubre after a two-game homestand in Vegas, boy, getting into all kinds of trouble. But could you imagine? Could you imagine the free agent market in Vegas? People would be going there. Other place that I love is Nashville. 
love Nashville. Nashville is a great city for music, a great city for food. It's very cute. It's small. It's affordable. To me, it's one of the best small town vibes in the country. I would move there in a heartbeat. You can get a one-bedroom apartment in Nashville for like $1,400, and it's brand new. Long ways from the nearest NBA team. Still in Tennessee, you could have a built-in Memphis Grizzlies rivalry. Three hours to Memphis, four hours to Atlanta. Natural. I love that. Complete untapped fan base. What would you call a Nashville team? Can't be Predators. I think they have a team there. I don't know what they play. Maybe like a minor league baseball team. The Nashville Sounds, which I really like. You like Sounds? Yeah, so like something off that. Something with music. What about like... Couldn't take Sounds because that's too close to Sonic. True, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh... Wait, do you think that the Seattle Sonics, Supersonics, was a was a connection to music, or was that a connection to, no, to Boeing I, and I space? Think, yeah, yeah, it was Bose and yeah, Boeing. Yeah. How about like the the notes, the Nashville notes? Ooh, I like that. Like it's just a little music note. Or the, the Nashville hot chicken. The Nashville, the Nashville chicks. I guess the Utah Jazz used the music note, so fuck, that's crazy. Send us your uh, suggestions for a Nashville team name. I I am so bad at team names. All right, let's move on. All right, uh, if uh, Martians have a death beam pointed at the Earth, who are you taking to hit a three? I mean, that's just a very unique question. <laughs> Never thought about it in my life until now. I think if it's a ca- it has to be dependent on the type of three, right? Yeah. Catch and shoot, to me, Clay all day. All day. Did you see his recent – he's now coming off the ACL and the Achilles, and he's still just wet like water. Yeah. No jump jumpers from th- corner three all day. I think he could probably make 150 in a row. So. Oh, yeah. Shot with, doesn't go away. Shot just doesn't go away. Off the bounce, I take Damian Lillard. That one, sure. that one hard jab to the side, sh- fade. Dame. Bodies draped around. If it's like Martians draped around him, death beam in the arena, got to go Steph. Got to go Steph. He could just go from like half court. So I think that's who it is. Who would it be for you? I think I honestly have the same answers as you. There's not really much controversy to this. Like that's that's, that's the just the answer. That's it. Like, that's just yeah. maybe Joe Harris. I'm not taking it out of any of those guys' hands and giving it to Joe Harris. Me, me neither. Me neither. All right. Let's move on. Okay, next we've got uh, who's the most underrated player in the league? I don't think you can choose just one. No. I don't think you can choose just one. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, putting it together. And I'm going to tell you who I have, and you can find the commonalities between these players for me. You ready? Okay, sure. All right, I got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he is... He is averaging slightly better than Devin Booker and has get, gotten no noise, zero noise. He was, quote-unquote, a slight all-star contender, but he didn't, not even close, right? Yeah, He's right. averaging 24, 5, and 6. A bucket. He can do pretty much everything. Off the bounce, he can get his own shot, create separation, boy can pass. He's a winner. He's the reason the OKC wins games. Eight games, 30-plus or more, and 42 against the Spurs. Popovich was probably like, God damn, this Shea kid. Get him out of here. 
Yeah. Here's another one that you'll like, Marty. Mikael Bridges. Facts. 14, 5, and 3. Here's the slash. 54% from the field, 43% from three, and 83% from the line with just 30 minutes a game. And playing devastating defense on the team, on Correct. the opponent's best player. Correct. I'm I, actually cool with him being underrated because I don't want to have to pay him $22 million. Totally. Totally. Here's another guy who's very well paid. Drew Holiday. He's averaging 16-5-5. Five, and five. I know he's been highly regarded in the past, but this year it's just been no noise about him whatsoever. His stat line or his slash line is 49 from the field, 36 from three, and 82. The team, the Bucks, basically tanked when he wasn't there. They were 500 when he was th- hurt, and he, they're 13 games over 500 when he plays. Gary Trent Jr. Definitely. Averaging 15-2-2. Two and two. 41 from the field, and most of those are threes. Are threes, yeah. (laughs) He's one of the biggest reasons that the Blazers stayed intact while C.J. McCollum was out. Here are a couple deep cuts in underrated. Deep cuts. Rashawn Holmes. Yes, sir. 14, 9-2. 65% from the field. Take that, Ben Simmons. 65% (laughs) from the field. Maybe the only guy that plays defense in Sacramento. Yeah, I would love him back on the Suns right now. Oh, my God, right? Sometimes it's a fit thing. And then finally, Royce O'Neal. He doesn't have like a tremendous stat line, only eight points, seven rebounds, and three assists. But 45% from the field, 42 for three, and 84% from the line. And he's getting, he's tough, just getting reps in Utah. So what do they all have in common in your opinion, Marty? Like, what kind of player does TK like? I've been trying to figure it out. Um, Like, I was thinking maybe it's like none of them have been all-stars, but then Drew has been an all-star. I don't don't know. Hit me with it. To me, a player that's under – besides, like, the lack of noise, I think a player that is deserving of that spot is so versatile they do everything. All of these players are pretty much good except for – Except for Rashawn Holmes, but he's a f- yeah. he's not going to shoot threes. All of them can shoot threes. All of them have good slash lines, but also they don't have definitive holes in their game. They can all these guys can pass. All yeah. these guys can shoot. All, they can all do different facets of the game. So if there's a big hole in your game, I don't think you're underrated. I just think you're properly rated. If you can do everything, and nobody's talking about you like Mikael Bridges, who is a solid defender. That's what you said. I also like defense. All these guys can play mm-hmm. okay defense, at least. You're not, they're not a, yeah. a defensive liability. I would take any of these guys on my team at any given time. Next question. Okay, we've got, uh, are you buying into the Hawks' winning streak? I got so many of these questions on DM. I think probably 15 or 20, something like this. Yeah. Hawks, talk about the Hawks. You were wrong about Nate McMillan. Talk about it. Do you do you trust in them? Blah blah blah. I mean, they won eight of ten. They've won eight in a row with Nate McMillan. They're fourth in the East. I probably, to a lot of people, feel that there's egg on my face with my take. And even upon first glance, I think that there's some egg a little bit on my face. Did I expect them to win eight in a row as Nate McMillan became the head coach? I did not, because then that would make my take look a little silly. But the truth is, when you look at the win streak, it consists of. The Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler, the Magic 
the Raptors, who have been terrible, the Kings, the Cavs, the Rockets, OKC, and the Lakers without LeBron and AD. Those are teams you have to beat, period. Those are teams that you should beat if you're okay. Are you a world beater? No. Six of those eight teams are sub-500 teams. And other two teams are missing their best player. I mean, I don't know what to say. Do I buy them? No, I don't. Do I think they're a lot better with Nate McMillan? Yes. Do I think Nate McMillan is better than the coach who got fired? Yes. Nate McMillan's been a head coach in this league for a very long time. So, yes, I think he's competent. I just don't think he's the one. They've got games coming up against the Clippers, Warriors, and Nuggets. We'll see then, won't we? What do you think about that, Marty? How do you feel about the Hawks? Uh, I mean, yeah, like you look up all of a sudden they're fourth in the East. Uh, I hadn't gone back and looked at who all those wins were against. Uh, that definitely is telling a little bit, and uh, we'll see. We'll see coming up. I feel like if they, I mean, if they can go two and one in that stretch, then maybe, maybe I'll start believing. Yeah, I agree. That's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Marty is finally going to be back in studio, so good news for that. He will be back for Friday's show. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It makes a huge difference. It does. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. We also have This League hoodies on sale at the Barstool store. Please don't forget to follow us at This League and at Trista underscore Crick on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's a lot of places for you to go, but please go. Thank you for listening, and we will be back early, squirrely Friday morning. Right, Marty? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.